1: At Broadcast, we've recently released our first book called Multiplanting by Colin Barron. And in this episode of the podcast, we're talking to Colin about how he got started in multi-site planting. You can find the full notes on everything that Colin says at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 140.
0: So here is Colin Barron. Okay, so we are coming to episode two of these series of podcasts. Uh, my name is Tim Simmons with uh, Colin Barron here, really looking at multi-site and the multi-planting book and the journey there. And last time we... Talked about uh, your dream for um, 20 churches in Manchester. Also, this idea that you had a list of 10 things you didn't want to do, having planted two churches already and learned some lessons. Um, So you got yourself, the two couples moved up. How did you get from that very small start? Uh, how did you get yourself moving? We're thinking that 20 churches, these are things I don't want to do. This is the big vision. How did you get going? Okay, well,
1: we started very small,
0: started in a house. Um,
1: Graham, who I came with, and Charlotte, they were very uh, keen. Graham was very keen, especially on, uh, uh, on the Sunday meeting and so he uh, was very keen to let that we're going to do a good launch, which was really beneficial for us, to be honest with you mm. um, and uh, so that's kind of, he, I would say, was, helped us big time get from the little group to actually launching a meeting and mm. so I remember the launch Sunday and we had a, a good crowd I think it was 50 people, maybe more than that actually, maybe it came up to 100 uh, Then it kind of next week got down to about 40, 50 people and so that was uh, very ex- exciting for me and uh, I learned a few things even about going as a team together and as opposed to doing it on my own because that was one thing I didn't want to do. Mm. to do. I uh, don't do this. So we kind of started with quite a bit of momentum actually, more so than I'd had in my other two churches. And I say that very much was down to go with someone who actually had a complimentary gift hmm. and uh, could actually do stuff, especially in a big meeting that uh, I was not so gifted at. So that's what we started. And then on a Friday night, we used to have a half night of prayer. Hmm. Uh, no, I think it was every other week if I remember rightly and there was probably 20 or 30 of us would gather for that and I used to think that was kind of the core of the church mm. so our Sunday public meeting because in those days it was a bit easier to gather a crowd especially in the student area of a big city um, but it, you know, it goes turning up for a, a prayer meeting regularly, you felt like that was the, the, the core group and uh, one of those uh, evenings, uh, there was a girl there called Sue, uh, and she had come from Bolton, which is about thirty miles away, part of Greater Manchester, mm-hmm. but on, literally on the top north east and northwest end of it. And uh, we were praying and pray for her and uh, one or two people I mentioned, what about Bolton? And uh, so I said, come on, let's kind of think about it. Let's maybe just pray and uh, uh, just dream a little bit about Bolton. And, uh, but very half kind of hearted. Yeah because we had just started and, yeah. uh, and then as we were praying I, I, I felt God speak to me it's very rare this happened in this sort of almost kind it of wasn't audible but it was mm. it, I, I, uh, conversational have I asked you have I told you to plant 20 churches or to just think about it <laughs> and uh, I felt like wow and uh, so why don't you plant it tonight we were South Manchester Family Church why not start Bolton Family Church and I thought tonight I actually say we're going to start Bolton Church. this was all, as the prayer meeting going on I'm having this internal conversation <laughs> and then I stopped the prayer meeting and I explained to everybody that actually this is Kind of, I'm really conv- being convicted by God hmm. that we shouldn't just be thinking this is a nice idea we should actually be saying we're going to start it I said in like name it and claim it and then I said I'm not even sure I understand that theology yeah. I wouldn't even believe it but the reality is I just felt let's name it so I basically said we're going to launch Bolton Family Church now yeah and so we prayed, God, thank you for the start of Bolton Family Church. So there's Sue sitting the other side of the room. Um, Suddenly realising she is Bolton Family Church. <laughs> so after she said, what do we do? <laughs> so I said, well, look, why don't you open your home what night works for you? So I think it was Tuesday or Thursday. I can't remember which one it was now. And I said, Well, I'll come up each week, you invite one or two friends, and I'll bring one or two from here, and we'll just pray, let's, and let's see what God does. So she invited two friends, I took two or three people in my car, and, and uh, literally we'd go, we would eat, we would pray. And uh, it was just great. She had a dog, which I used to say was demonic because he used to go all over the shop around the room, <laughs> which was a bit of a joke. In fact, it became more of a joke. That it's Sue and the dog it's <laughs> that, the church. It's the church? Yeah. And, um, and basically, we didn't get many new people come, um, but actually, there was, we were in faith that God was doing something. And simultaneous to that, I had actually gone to a meeting that uh, sale. I set a church in Sale, which is in the south of Manchester, and put it on. And then got some profits up. And I knew the main leader, and he asked me if I would to go and just be. And I thought, well, I'm a bit busy, but uh, I want to keep the friendship going, hmm. so it would be good just relationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm doing the city, just a good thing. So I went with a friend. And uh, Bryn Franklin, who was one of the prophets, that has uh, never met him before, and he's just stood up, if he, were preacher, he pointed me and my friend out in the congregation. Got us, uh, and basically said uh, to my friend, uh, I can see you're like a twisted bit of metal. I can see actually that uh, God wants you here and God wants you to serve. And uh, we'd already had a conversation that afternoon because. Uh, He wanted to move with his family from uh, uh, the Leeds area and uh, couldn't get a job couldn't get a house mm. and so it was like a bit of twisted bit of metal mm. he was confused and really what is God saying that was just amazing and they said, he said "Said to me you, you're a leader you're like a stake really firmly rammed in the ground and I see stakes all around you and I see them all webbed together he said I quite know what that means and I knew exactly what it meant yeah 20 churches 20 churches and webbed together was the kind of missing ingredient for me, yeah, because how? Because uh, that is strong and flexible. Yeah, it's a, it's a fabulous picture. Because I didn't want to. Kind of, I'm not at all a very organised person, as you well know. Tim,
0: I do know that. Yes,
1: um, and uh, I'm great with ideas. Good with the big picture. I can yeah. see one person and a city.
0: Yeah, that's what
1: Terry Virgo used to say to me. He says you can see one person, you can see the city, yeah. and that is true. And I can join those two things up but I'm not so brilliant at the organisational bit in the middle. Yeah. Uh, which is why people like you are very helpful. <laughs> uh, but uh, so the webbing just made sense because it was like flexible, slightly organic, mm. but, but tight, mm. and strong.
0: And it's like you can catch a lot of things with a, a net. Yeah. That
1: really helped as well, so starting with Sue so in that little group, thinking, okay, we're going to web this together. Yeah. And then I had another guy who came who was saved from Warrington, and, uh, not long after, and it, I just said, shall we start with you at your house? he you know, he just got saved. Yeah. And uh, I think he was actually living with his girlfriend, so... Was, it was, uh, we were just on a bit of a crest of a wave, so we, yeah. I, I, said, I said, look, let, let's kind of start something. So we literally started Warrington Family Church, uh, which actually, in the end, it, uh, I don't think he stayed with us that long. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was kind of a mission. That's, that's how I saw. It. I thought, well, Jesus would go to someone's house. He would, yeah. And, uh, in, in, in some complicated situations yeah. uh, and, uh, where there was a bit of faith and, uh, although people said how can you even name it as a church when was, you know, you've got some issues, <laughs> even yeah. living arrangements yeah, yeah. but I just felt okay that's my person of peace, Jesus said find a person of peace So I went there and I thought, let's just see how it goes. And actually, that church grew eventually to 70 people. Mm. And in the end, it imploded, but that was years later. And that was through to a leadership issue. Yeah. Nothing to do with the foundation of the start. So so basically, we had Warrington. Then we started something in Oldham. Then started something over in Macclesfield.
0: Stockport. Uh, uh, Salford. Salford, yeah. So I presume, and I'm asking this question knowing what the answer would be, but for our listeners, I presume when you started that prayer meeting in Warrington that your church in South Manchester and the one in Bolton were fully established, fully functioning, and it was all working fine. Uh, No. No, you don't know the
1: answer to that. The one in Bolton was still... Sue and the Dog and a few other people. Yeah. And uh, we were still thinking, who's going to lead this? Because said, I don't want to lead it, but I'm yes. really, really happy to host it. Yeah. She was brilliant. Uh, so I was looking for, the you know, how do we raise leader here? Um, and, uh, yeah, Southampton South was growing, but uh, we didn't have a leader for Origen. Yeah. Um, so in the end, uh, I was kind of doing... Uh, one night in one city, one night in another, one night in another, and then I actually read Acts two again, and, it's, and basically we see the apostles going house to house. Yeah. And although I'm not a house church person per se, yeah. um, I like public meetings, as you know, yeah. in uh, public spaces. But actually, we always start in houses because it's, or well, mainly start in houses because it's the cheapest and easiest thing to do. But the whole principle. Was that actually, apostolically you could go one to another mm-hmm. so I thought actually I could probably plant five churches got five nights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then I saw in I think it was Acts twenty twenty, 20 Paul said I went house to house Yeah. In, 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 when he was planting the Ephesian church I, I suddenly realised actually my thinking was before you do one church you kind of make it grow but actually you can do the same multiple times in a week Yeah. Um, again it was hard to explain and also it, you know, I was barely an apostle nobody would think I was an apostle so I realised that I, I had to use a philosophy or a theology that I was Careful not to articulate too much because I, I, I thought I can't think of this as me being a local pastor. Mm-hmm. I've got to think of something like more like a Pauline way of doing it mm-hmm. without beefing myself up. Yeah, yes, to something that I knew everybody would think no way, I would yeah. say, But. I understood that if you want to build something you have to have a framework theologically biblically of what it looks like and how it can work and I understood, I had to think of going into a region and planting multiple things which was more of an apostolic thinking and uh, strategy and structure than thinking of a local pastor shepherd that's really interesting.
0: So listening to you talk, it seems like there were in that kind of first wave, there were three key things so the the prophetic and God speaking in which just seem to happen on a number of occasions. Correct. There's your own personal energy And vision and focus and faith for it, even if sometimes that faith was borrowed, like like, you know Terry Virgo believed in you, so you kept pushing. And so there are those. And then there's almost your theology of this is how you start a movement of churches, yes, effectively. Yes, and I remember when people were asking me, you know
1: how. You know what is it? I remember saying, okay, well, let's just think of it. If uh, at South Manchester by that time, we uh, South Manchester, five Church, we had about three or four small groups. Yeah. And uh, then we had a small group, effectively, involved in a small group in uh, Warrington at the beginning of a small group in Salford, I think it was. Yeah. And, uh, and, And so I actually said, let's actually not call them small groups or church clubs. Let's call them church in the home. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was a biblical term. And uh, and then when they all gather together, let's call that a church in the region. Yeah. So uh, so because actually we all gather together every Sunday mm-hmm. in South Manchester. Mm. And then I thought, when their trajectory is not actually for the Greater Manchester, it's also not to be a Hutch church. Mm-hmm. It's actually to be a Bolton church yeah. or a Salford church. Yeah. So that's actually called that church of the town. Yeah. And uh, so I said, okay, let's simplistically say we have church in the home, church in the town, church in the region. Yeah. And the regional is where we gather everybody together and it's the kind of engine Mm -hmm. that gets everything going. The church in the home literally can be a church plant or a part of a church. Yeah. So, uh, but they both had the commission to grow. So even before South Church came into the into the kind of new, uh, uh, into the UK, mm. you know, twenty years ago, from the from the east, this whole multiplication of cell. Yeah, uh, we'd already got onto that in terms that we would multiply. That our small group leaders were commissioned to multiply. Because mm. I felt like if you were in a church plant, you were commissioned to multiply. Mm. Why should not you commission? The you know your own group that was mm. uh, and so uh, you, you can see that I was evolving some thinking as I was going along. Yeah, which my wife would say is you know forty years of marriage. That is the strength and weakness of me. That I kind of think a thing, speak. It Try and figure it out afterwards or <laughs> engage my brain after I've opened my mouth, uh, which you know it has strengths and weaknesses. But effectively, I'm an external processor, I was f- processing instead yeah. of trying to figure it all out. Yeah, I thought let's do the next thing. Yeah. But I I do kind of look back biblically, and sometimes you kind of you can look at the Bible again having done a journey, it's a bit like when the the Spirit came from Toronto, you kind of had a fresh look at the Bible, even yeah. with the charismatic movement yeah. um, suddenly Acts 2 became more, you know, you could see it more, and, and what Paul's teaching in Corinthians about yeah. you know the gifts of the Spirit so it's almost like truths become more real mm-hmm. and you actually could contextualise them, and I think I was doing exactly the same in terms of the ecclesiology, in terms of looking at, you know, how can I, you know what's the difference between a local church and a church planted movement, a yeah. church in a city, a, a church in a region like the church in Asia, yeah. and I suddenly started seeing Paul's house to house in Ephesus, his hall of Tyranus, uh, and then churches planted it says that the whole of Asia mm. had heard the gospel. Yeah, and i began begun to realise that I needed an ecclesiology that that actually had all of those um, in it, mm. and, uh, and, and that just I, I, I think it genuinely is the strength I think I've been able to put people. The kind of big picture together, I mm-hmm. said, as, as you know, as I've said, I'm not very good at the managing <laughs> in the, the picture, but actually getting a kind of church in the home, a little small group, yeah, and looking at Greater Manchester, yeah, and looking at it, it through the lens of a church planting movement and ecclesiology that actually could encompass both the apostolic forward thrust, Mm. and the pastoral eldership shepherded Mm -hmm. local, Mm. I think, was what I was kind of learning and experimenting, I guess, and then redefining, and then getting some terminology that I felt was biblical,
0: and some model, biblical kind of
1: models. I don't like using the term model, because... It could you know a model doesn't work from A to B often. but Yes. Some of the ways that it looked like it shaped up in acts.
0: Yes. The model effectively was built to your gift. And the team that began to gather around you. Correct, and I got some biblical t- terminology. Yes, um, Well, and, you, and you're thinking and you reading of yeah, the Bible and it, it yeah. developed in that. So one of the interesting things I think about the modern multi-site movement is that a lot of it is adapted models, yes. um, which then the leader and that team will battle with the model to try and make it work as opposed to looking at who they are and what their the prophetic and also their their ecclesiology as you would say that they seem to think about all of those stuff after the event once the models adapted correct so that's the problem
1: with the cell church movement coming into the UK that uh, it worked in the east with a more structured yes and, uh, hi- hierarchical understanding of life yeah. um, whereas in the West it, it was a harder, yeah. harder thing to do and it was almost like nobody got under the surface or not, few, not many people got under the surface of it to look at the, some principles mm. and I always kept saying to my guys we need to look at the concepts and the principles mm. keep making sure that we understand them not the pragmatics yeah. of how it works and I think uh, over years working for New Frontiers and helping churches it's always trying to figure out concepts and principles, biblical understanding because effectively but a lot of people get stuck because they don't know themselves Yes, they have an idea of a model that they like and um, so I'm really quite keen mm. to to do that, and I say that's been something we've kind of ruthlessly done.
0: Yeah. So let's think. Um, we'll draw to a close in a, in a moment. Um, so that was your your first ten, fifteen years in Manchester. Ten years. Yeah. Ten years in Manchester, and then there was a couple of years in the States. Uh, and as we reflect back on those ten years, just if you could do all of that again what would you do different? Christchurch Manchester which we'll talk about next time Right. Okay.
1: <laughs> no I think the one thing that uh, I definitely would do different in the sense of thinking was the end product yeah. so for me I was battling all the time with this thing that we were church planted yeah. but effectively we were a kind of multi-site yeah. And uh, so the trajectory we set meant that I think some of the churches went independent too quickly. Yeah. Because we'd already put that in the genes of yeah. it, which isn't a bad thing. But two of them actually got to about 70 and then folded. Mm. And actually I think if we had been together longer yeah. we could have, I think the strength of the whole yeah. would have helped them through. And another one actually which then became Christchurch Manchester yeah. was quite small in a house, didn't really get traction yeah. which uh, is what I came back to. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, So I think what would I do different, not that I would just do what we're doing now, I would have understood the different kind of trajectories so, so the whole trajectory thing for me I
0: what the end point is yes yes so which I've heard you talk about just finished numbers of times you would say that you're making a decision without understanding the repercussions Correct. after the decision yes. a number of sections. so many
1: churches don't
0: make make decisions looking one step
1: ahead. Yes. And we need to be much more like chess players who understand that you've got to think three or four or five steps ahead. Yes. Because effectively a decision now uh, can affect you in two years' time. I mean, big time is people staff. Yeah, So they'll, they'll have 70 people, so we need a pastor. Yeah. But they don't actually... Figure out well, is that pastor going to get us 140 people? And actually, when we're 110 and we need another person, we've locked all our finances there. What yeah. do we do? Yeah, um, so it's just knowing at least two or three steps ahead, having a trajectory,
0: and then figuring out what are the implications very good well we will finish there thank you Colin Uh, we will be back again next week and we'll look at the the next phase we'll look at Christchurch Manchester and how um how I guess we did multi-site this time round.
1: thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode and just a reminder you can find the full notes on everything that Colin said at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode
0: 140
1: see you next time